Right. Hey, it's good to see everybody here. And uh, just real quick for you, so, so what you just saw there was a recap of our gear up. And that was last Sunday evening, and it was just an incredible event where uh, a couple hundred of our volunteers got here together and we worshiped together, got encouraged and inspired by God uh, just for the next serving year coming up. And, and it was just an awesome event. And then just, we had a pretty incredible week, actually. Friday night, we had our block party for our Ridge kids. And that was another amazing event uh, where parents and kids both together, we all got here together just to get ready for the next year. Uh, as everybody's sort of, uh, what are we, popping up now? We're popping up today into our next uh, grade. And, and I wanna highlight this really quick because, you know, this is where we get a little smaller, everybody. Like when we do these things, and so I just wanna encourage all of you out there. I know I've heard a lot of you say, man, it's a big church, and you know, I wish we did these things. These are the events that we do where we get a little smaller. I know I appreciated those events because I got to talk to a lot of you uh, on Sunday night and on Friday night at a block party, and, and those are just things that we love to do. And so I wanna encourage you, next time we do some of these events that uh, do have to do with y'all, just man, come, sign up, be a part of that. It's worth it. Uh, those were just awesome, incredible events that I loved being a part of, and we're gonna have a few more coming up this semester. Uh, and they were just great to be a part of here. And so with that, I wanna welcome you all here today, everybody who's watching online. Hello to all of you, wherever you are watching uh, and wherever you're watching from, glad you're taking advantage of that. Uh, and so we are right now, my name's Andy, if we haven't met, by the way, I'm one of the pastors here, just glad to be here with you and uh, praying that God continues to meet you. I pray that he already has and th that he continues to do that as we go through the message today. But we're in the middle of a series that we're calling What to Do When. And what we're doing is we're kind of looking at how do we navigate our faith through the waters of things that happen in our lives, some of the things that come up, some of the things that are inevitable, uh, and some of the things that we just didn't expect to happen, and how do we do that? How do we respond to it? So we started this out by looking at what do you do when you drifted from God? And that, honestly, gang, that's a reality that a lot more Christians uh, would say that that's happened in their lives, in, the, in their faith of God. What do you do with that? And then last week, we looked at how we navigate the waters. What do you do when you're feeling a little overwhelmed, okay? Uh, and so Blair delivered that message last week, and that was right as I was returning. Uh, my family and I were returning from a family vacation. So that was really uh, a good time to hear about being overwhelmed, because I'm going to be honest with you. Having two kids under the age of 10, uh, a lot of times vacation is marked by overwhelmed and not relaxing everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I wish it was more relaxed. But, but I'm gonna go ahead and be honest. This time around, it was, it was a fantastic trip. It was like God blessed our trip. It was amazing. We had a great time. Weather was good. Eating was good. Those are the only two things you need, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, the weather's good and you eat good. You don't need much more for it to be a great trip. But uh, it was good. We had a good time. And what we do as a family uh, is we do what we call top five. We, we, we kind of call anything that happens, anything crazy, funny, or whatever, we call it out. We say, that's the top five. And so we tell our family. And then what I like to do is when we travel home, we share each other's top five and then we kind of say all right what's our family top five and so uh, one of my top five of the trip is actually before we even got to the beach what we do is we go halfway right we go halfway stay at a hotel and then get to the rest of the way down to the beach and so this time we stayed at the place and we went to this Mexican restaurant to eat dinner and to say that my daughter Roxy loves cheese dip and chips it's a massive understatement everybody like it is like I can't I can't like say enough how much she loves this so we sit down at this restaurant and uh, I I mean, right when these chips and dip comes, like she is going, she's attacking it with force, okay? She went through a whole bowl of dip and two things of chips. She's five, everybody, okay? Like it was, and here's the thing, that wasn't amazing. We've seen it, it happens all the time, okay? And so she took that down, like it was just like going out of business. And so then we get done with our food. This is where it comes, top five. We get done with our food. And so we say, all right, let's order dessert. We never really do that in Mexico. We got fried ice cream 
and churros. Okay, don't judge. It was vacation. All right, so we did both, and they were on their way to coming, and I look over at Roxy, and here she goes. She just grabs the bowl of cheese dip again, goes back in, and I don't know what it was. It just tickled me, man, and I just lost it laughing. It was like that high-pitched uh, giggle laugh, you know what I mean? Like, hee-hee-hee, and I'm crying. I'm crying because she looked at me like this, and she, I promise you guys, she went like, she went, what are you gonna do? Like, she was like, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Now, unbeknownst to me, Courtney is side recording this whole thing, and I didn't, so we have it all on tape and just her going, well, you know, it's vacation. And so her saying, don't judge me, was my top five. It was a top five, and, and it actually did not get surpassed by anything else we did. And actually, one of the funny phrases that we had the whole trip was, don't judge me. We're like, whatever we say, well, don't judge me, man, we're on vacation. Uh, and so with that, we're, we're gonna go uh, to one more place uh, in, in the series, and we're gonna talk about what to do when uh, there's someone I love, and and they're making bad decisions and it's destructive or unwise. Like, what do we do when that happens? Okay, what do we do when someone's making poor choices? Now, I'm not talking about when they eat too much chips and dip, all right? Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about what we wear and if our hairdo looks weird and if we don't agree with all that stuff. I'm actually talking about what if someone is doing something that you know is wrong and you love them and they say they love God, they say they're following Jesus, but you know it's like against what God is saying, it's pretty blatant, uh, and, and you say, man, you love them, you want the best for them. What do you do when someone you love is on a destructive path, and it's not only just hurting themselves, but it's also destructive to other people? You know, maybe they're not having an affair, but, but you know they're cheating at work. What do you do if you know that? Maybe uh, it's someone who has a constant, critical, demeaning attitude in public with their spouse, what do you do? Or, or maybe as somebody, you know, a friend of yours just lets anger get a little bit too out of control too many times and it always ends up uh, just really being destructive to people. Or maybe you got somebody that you know that's, that you just notice they're drinking more than they did. They're drinking way more than they did and it's affecting them and, and, and they don't see it. So what's the answer? What's the answer to confront uh, or not to confront? And so that's what we're gonna look at today. We're gonna see uh, how important this is to the Christian faith. We're gonna see how important uh, talking to others that we love and confronting people in the sin that they're going in and how important it is to understand understand for us in the Christian life that we live because if we don't get this right everybody if we don't get it right there are consequences there are consequences to not confronting or confronting in the wrong way okay so we need to get this right uh, and we need to go after what God is calling us to do as being a part of the Christian family and how we're going to do that if you have your Bibles go ahead and grab those we're gonna actually go into a story uh, that sees this happen we just we're gonna see this as an example so we're gonna be in 2nd Samuel chapter 11 if you want to open there with us and it's actually a pretty famous story about somebody that a lot of people know. But here's the thing, a lot of us only know the first half of this story. We don't know the second half of what happened. So uh, in 2 Samuel 11, we're gonna come across a guy named David uh, and his buddy, uh, the prophet of God named Nathan, all right? Now, I left a pretty important part out of that story. We're gonna get to that important part, uh, but that's what this story is really gonna be about and what we're gonna see. Now, if you don't know anything about David, here's just real quick before we get into this. He was the king of Israel. He was conquering all people all over the place and, and people loved him. And here's what everybody knew about their king. He loved God. He made no bones about it. Everybody knew this guy loves God. And so he, they knew him, they knew who he was. He was a great leader, great king. And so here's where we're at. We're gonna pick this up uh, in the middle of a, of a war that they're in. And we're gonna be in 2 Samuel 11, verse one, if you made your way there, here we go. It says this. It says, now in the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. 
They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem, which is not normal. Most of the time, kings, actually all the time, kings go out with their, with their um, uh, legions and armies, but he stayed back. It says thou, we'll see what happens as a result of this. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace, and let's see what happens. It says, as he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was, and he was told she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. Now, just so you know, not what God wants him to do, okay? Like he did not follow what God wanted him to do, okay? And here's the thing, that's not where it stops. It actually gets worse because she ends up getting pregnant as a result of that. And it gets even worse than that. So then what David tries to do is he tries to cover it up by bringing her husband back from war and saying, all right, if I can get them together, then that'll kind of explain the pregnancy if I can just get him in. So the husband comes in, but, but it doesn't happen. The husband actually doesn't uh, stay with her because he feels so bad about being away. So he, that doesn't happen. Then David says, okay, well, now what do I gotta do? So then what he does is he sends this guy out to battle, putting him in a place where he knows he has the highest chance of getting killed. And so he basically let him do his death. That's what happened. The guy ended up getting killed. And so David then uh, brought Bathsheba in and he marries her and he marries her and she becomes his wife. And he's like, okay, crisis averted. It's all good. Uh, but here's the problem, everybody. Somebody found out. Somebody knew what happened and it's his buddy, the prophet of God, Nathan. Now, not only was Nathan a prophet of God, he was the voice of God. He was also a friend to David. And we know that they were friends and they trusted each other. If you read uh, in the book of 2 Samuel, you'll see that they were friends. They knew each other well. They trusted each other. And so now Nathan sees this happening. Now he's in a spot. Now he's in a spot. What do you do? How do you confront someone that you love that you know is blatantly doing something against what God is saying do you do something? Is it even my place to say something to them? Now, before we get to that, I wanna talk about us for a second. Maybe somebody in your life, you know, you know, or you've gone across like, that you're like, what do I do? How do I do it? And I'm gonna talk real quick. If you're taking notes, go ahead and grab those and get those out. We're gonna take some notes on like, why, what are some reasons that we give or some justification we have of not to confront? Like, what are some things that I say, this is probably why I wouldn't wanna do it. So I just wanna go through these real quick of things that we mostly go through. Here's the first reason why I don't wanna confront is because I don't wanna feel like a hypocrite. I don't wanna feel like a hypocrite. Uh, a lot of us actually exclude ourselves from doing this because man, I don't have it all together. I mean, I don't have it. So who am I to go and like tell them about something when, when I'm not even, you know, even though I know it's sin and it's destructive and it's probably gonna do something that really messes up their life or their family. I mean, I can't say, I can't be the one because I'm a mess myself. All right, so can I just uh, tell you something really quick? all a mess, all right, we're all a mess. All right, in fact, like, I want you to help me out. Like, look to whoever neighbor you want to. Look to him right now and just look at him and just say, y you're a little off, all right? Just say that, say, you're a little off, all right? Now, then say, now, now turn to, some of you said that pretty strongly, by the way, but anyways, now look and say, that's okay, I'm off too. I'm off too, so that's hell, okay? So there you go, here's the deal, man. Here's the deal, here's the deal. We're all in process, Listen to me, we all have blind spots. We all need corrected from time to time. And, and here's the, one of the things that I love about this church. What I love about this church is we are absolutely unapologetic about being a bunch of imperfect people, but that we have a perfect Jesus who we follow. And listen to me, I don't know about you, I need your help to help me get closer and closer to the perfect Jesus because I know that I'm not perfect. And we need each other. We need each other to help show us the way sometimes. But that's the first reason because we don't wanna feel like a hypocrite. Here's a second reason why I don't, because I don't want them to feel judged. I don't wanna feel judged. We've all been on the wrong end 
of feeling judged. Even by Christians, we feel wrong, and it's almost like you ever had that time where you just feel like uh, they formed an opinion of you too early and you didn't get to explain yourself at all and they, they kind of look down on you and you know the feeling that you get, you know sort of the, the, the emotions that you go through and probably every one of us knows how that, how that is. So why would I want someone to feel that way and be on the wrong end of that? So we don't confront because we don't want them to feel judged. Here's another reason why, is that I don't wanna risk the relationship. I don't wanna, and, and here's the reality, gang, when, when we come across this, there is a risk in the relationship if you confront somebody and what they're doing, okay? Uh, there's a risk. It, it may not be received the way that it's intended because, gang, listen to me, the chances are uh, what they're doing, they know they're doing it and they're not fixing it. Like, they already know uh, that they're doing it and, and so they're still doing it. But here's my question to you. Here's my question to you. Which risk is higher? Which risk is higher? Taking a chance and saying something and then them knowing who you are knowing that you love them, knowing that, you, that, that they trust you and, and that the relationship is there and they hear you out because they know you're actually on their side or things progress, get out of control and deteriorate in their life or in their marriage because you didn't say something. And then all of a sudden everything falls apart and then they look at you and they're like, why didn't you say anything? Like, why you saw what was happening. Why didn't you say something? But that's another reason why some of us don't do it. We don't want to do it. And, and the, thir- the last one is just really the biggest one. It's a deeper theological one of why it's so hard. It says it's just hard. It's just hard, isn't it, everybody? It's hard to confront someone. And so that's it. It is. It's just hard. So here's the question that I want to go with. Why do it? Why do it? We're gonna keep reading the story. All right, we're gonna keep reading the story. I'm gonna see if this helps us a little bit in what Nathan does. So we're gonna see what Nathan does. So now again, he's in a spot as to confront or not to confront. We're gonna see what happens here in the next chapter, chapter 12. Here's what it says in verse one. It says, so the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. He goes, David, I wanna, hey, can I talk to you? I wanna tell you a story. There were two men in a certain town One was rich and one was poor. Now the rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle and the poor man owned nothing but one little lamb that he bought. He raised that little lamb. It grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. He cuddled in his arms like a baby daughter. And one day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and he killed it and he prepared it for his guest. David, it says, was furious. He's like, what? As surely as the Lord lives, David vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He's got to repay four lambs to that poor guy for the one he stole and for having no pity. And then Nathan said this to David, you're the man, you're the man. And so now David's like, oh man, he saw the jig's up. I didn't cover it up as best as, as, as I thought I did. He knows, oh man. And let's drop down to what happens. This is why we're reading. This is why we do it. It says, then David confessed to Nathan, I've sinned. I've sinned against the Lord who was killing me. Nathan replied, yeah, but the Lord's forgiven you and you won't die for this sin. So Nathan confronts David because God sent him and, and he says, hey, I'm gonna tell you something. He goes, you're the guy. And so David hears it and he goes, oh man. And, he, and what does he do? He repents, he confesses, he gets restored back to a right relationship with God. And listen to me, gang, that's why we do it. That's why we do it. We don't do it because it's easy. 
We, do, we hey, listen to me. We don't even do it because it's just the right thing to do. No, no, no. We do it because we understand the deeper meaning of what following God looks like in our lives and that we're all in this together and that we're a family who needs to help each other. And I want you to notice something in verse one. If you're there in your word or, or uh, uh, on your phones there, it says that the Lord sent Nathan. You notice that? That the Lord sent Nathan. So here's what we know. Nathan didn't do this because he wanted to. He didn't do it because he chose to or anything. He didn't do this on his own accord. This was how God set it up for sin to be confronted in other people. So now I wanna go through like why we do it. Just really quick before we get to the how. I know we wanna get to the how, but here's a few reasons why we do it. Even though we have those reasons why we won't, but here's why we do it. The first reason why we do it, if you're taking notes, is because it's how God set us up. It's how God actually set us up. I think uh, a lot of us have adopted, actually, I think, I think we've adopted a lot of cultural things into Christianity and we just accepted that as that what, that's what Christian living should be and we brought these cultural things in and one of the things that I think we've adopted uh, in Christi- Christianity is this idea of individualism because we think like, hey man, like, I mean, I, I'll just mind my own business, like who am I to interfere, who am I to do that and I think we've just uh, embraced this individualism of it's my life, man, like why are you worried about what I do, it's my life, don't tell me it's wrong and we sort of bought into this with Christian living and it's so far off from what Christian living is. Gang, listen to me. If you're a Christian here, like, I wanna tell you something. You have a different set of values to live by. Like, there is a different life, a different standard that you live. Here's what I wanna show you right here. This is what it says to us, uh, for those of us who are in Christ in Ephesians 4.25, it says this. So put away all falsehood. Tell your neighbor the truth. Because why? Because we belong to each other. That we belong to each other. Gang, the Christian life, if you want to know something about the Christian life, it is so counter to the culture we live in. The Christian life is not an individual sport. The Christian life is a team sport. Did you know that? And what this means is we're in this together, that we belong to each other. That's a whole big thing about us living with God. We do it because this is how God set us up. You You are not... You are not bought with a price and rescued from sin and death to then be living out your life with Jesus in isolation. That is not how you were made to be. That's not why he died for you, that you were not made to live in isolation. Here's why, gang, listen to me. Two reasons why you were not then to just live your life alone with Jesus. A, it won't work. (laughs) It just won't work. Try it, try it. Raise your hand if you know it don't work. It don't work, you know what I'm saying? And here's the second reason why we're not meant to do that, because you will never grow if you're never pushed. If you're never pushed, you will never ever grow mature in Jesus. We need each other to be advocates of truth for truth's sake. That's just, it's just how God set us up. Here's a second reason why we do it is because love demands it. Love demands it. Here's what Paul says to the Corinthian church. He said this, he goes, hey, listen, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, okay? So this is just what love does. This is what love does. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it's just what we're called to do because love does it. In order for healing to happen, here's what you know. Hopefully somebody's confronted you in your life and in your faith with with something that you needed to hear. Like in order for healing and growth to happen, sometimes the truth that you hear is a little hard to hear. It's a little painful, isn't it everybody? Sometimes it's a little painful to hear, but when you really, here's uh, for you. Again, I wanna talk about us needing to confront somebody else, not us being confronted. Like, man, it's just like, it's unloving to not say anything. That's all I want. It's just, it's unloving just to sit there and let it happen with somebody that you really love and know and they trust you in your relationship with God. So we rejoice in the truth. That's the second reason why we do it. We don't sit there in evil and delight in it. We rejoice in the truth. Here's a third reason why we do it. It's what causes us to grow up. It's the most important one, right? It causes us to grow up. Let's look one more place here, Ephesians 4. I wanna give scripture behind every one of these so we know exactly where this is coming from. But this is what it says. It says, instead, we're gonna speak the truth in love. 
And and here's what's gonna happen as a result of that. In all things, and we're gonna grow up into him who is the head, that is Jesus. We're gonna grow closer to Jesus. And here's the thing, gang, I'm gonna share just real quick about me. This is true for me. That there are are many times, many times in my life where I was confronted or someone brought something up that I needed to hear, that I needed to be corrected. And a lot of them are just little things that that I needed to hear. And I'm very grateful uh, that I heard them and I grew as a result. But I'm gonna tell you this, there are two times in my life two major times and they were both early on when I first became a Christian. One was in high school and one was in college where two people came and confronted me with something I was blatantly doing. I knew I was doing it. It was very hard for me to hear it, but I'm telling you that, would, that totally changed the tra- trajectory of my faith. And I'm telling you everybody, I'm so grateful to those two people, I can't even tell you because they had the guts and they loved me too much to let me just keep doing what I was doing. And it was early on and I was still trying to figure out a lot about faith, but they're like, I don't care. I love you too much. I'm gonna tell you, this is wrong. You gotta get out of this. You gotta do it. And I'm gonna tell you, man, I cannot tell you how grateful I am. I don't even know if I would be here. I don't know how God works and all that, but I'm telling you, I don't know where I would be because of how it shaped my faith in ways I can't describe because two people just had the guts to come up and say something. I know them by name and I'm grateful to them to this day. It was 20 some years ago. It's amazing to me. And so every time I think about that, when I think about somebody I love, somebody doing something, it reminds me. It reminds me of my life. I'm like, man, I'm so glad that somebody just looked at me and said, I, I love them too much. I just, I'm not gonna let this go uh, to not say something. And it helps me. It helps me know that what's at stake and it helps me uh, to understand what can happen if I do or don't confront uh, the sin in someone else's life who I love and care about, okay? So those are the reasons why we do it. Now, now, how do we do it? How do we do it, right? So we looked at like reasons why, uh, why we, we probably don't want to, but then we kind of looked to say, okay, here's why we do it. Uh, so now let's look at how. I wanna look at how. Just some practical things to do, and I hope you write these down because I think they are helpful to me in, in, in how I do it if I ever have to do this to somebody. The first thing that we do is, is you gotta ask God if you're the right one to address it. Right, you gotta address God, just ask him, am I the right one to actually address this sin in someone's life? So uh, in Nathan's confrontation from David, that's why it's really important to understand that the Lord sent him, that the Lord sent Nathan, okay? Nathan didn't just do it because he wanted to, okay? So uh, I think the, the first thing that we're sort of apt to do, the thing that we're probably most uh, apt to do is that we will actually count ourselves out early. Like we, we will give all, well, that's not me, that's not me. I, I'm not the one to do that, that's why, because of that. So I just wanna count yourself in first. Say yes first is what I'll tell you. If you see someone you love doing it, uh, you can't count yourself out from being that person in someone's life. And I think, here's what I'll say. There are times where people, a lot of times, and I bet you Blair and Chad uh, will, will attest to this too, where people come up and they want us to confront their friends or family member's sin. And again, there are some times where that's appropriate and sometimes where uh, we should and all that, but I'm, it's not wrong to do that. But I think in a lot of cases, I can't always replace your call. I, get, I don't even have the relationship with them that you have. And so I just want you to think about that uh, if you're in that person's life especially, okay? Uh, and God will tell you. God will tell you, man, if you ask him, here's the thing, when the burden doesn't go, when that burden doesn't leave you and when you still have those, those, those nights where you're up and thinking about it when you don't feel released from it, it's probably you who needs to do it. It's probably you who needs to do it. Now, there, uh, there should be wrestling with this. And so again, don't confuse that with a call to not do it. There should always be angst when you're about to approach someone and, and them doing what they're doing and it's not right and they, they need to correct it. In fact, uh, here's what I will tell you. Here's what I will tell you. Uh, if you're chomping at the bit to confront them, like if you're like fist bumping in the mirror and you're like, I can't wait to bite their head, you're probably not the one, all right? Like you're not, it's not your call, all right? Like you're not the guy, you're not the gal. If that something's going on in your heart, man, to where you're like, do, 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 do. Like, you know, I just, I just take a breath and like, 
Because usually the first thing that you should do before you confront them, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror and say like, why do I feel the way I feel? Like, why am I, why am I so bothered by them? And God will help you, man, I'm telling you. If we, so I think a lot of times people uh, confront in a way to condemn and reject, and that's never our call, everybody. You know that, right? Like Christian confrontation is never to condemn and reject. It's always for healing and restoration. And straight up, if you're approaching them with like the fist bumping in the mirror thing, like you're way off the gospel and what God's calling us to do, okay? Uh, you're not for the right reason at all, okay? So we do that. Here's the second thing we do is that you address them in person. Very important in our day and age. You address them in person. We have voices and uh, physical Interactions, very important. Uh, like, and when you see Nathan and David, like David went, to, or Nathan went to him, right? Uh, so he went to him and talked to him. Uh, he didn't Facebook message him. You hear me, everybody? Uh, he didn't like text a novel to them about what's wrong and then put a few church building emojis and pray emojis. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and didn't say, see you at church, pray hands. Like, didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta get, get a time, get a place, get, get enough time where you can actually sit down and talk it out and listen to them and be in a safe place where they could do that, okay? Uh, don't send the pray hands. All right, here's the third one. Third one that we do. I'm giving you good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Confront with compassion. Confront with compassion. Now, I just thought through this and looked at some scriptures. I'm gonna give you the scripture I got some of this from here in a second, but I'm gonna give you five things that we do to confront with compassion just really easily, just so we can remember as we go into this conversation, like what do I need to do? First thing that we confront with compassion with is that we do it with empathy. If you wanna write that one down, we do it with empathy. Here's what empathy means. Empathy means that I come to this person knowing like we're all made with the same stuff. We're all made from the same stuff. And so I'm just as susceptible as that person is and as anybody else is. And so we kind of come with this idea that we should all be sensitive to that. That's what empathy means. Like we're all susceptible to that. Here's the second one uh, that we come with is we come with humility. Like we approach them with compassion, with humility. And what humility means is like when you feel called to go, like there, here's what I'm gonna tell you guys. There is a little bit of, there's a righteousness in you, an awesome Jesus thing in you that's saying, go man, go tell them. And so here's what I wanna tell you though. But that righteousness that you have that's allowing you to even approach this person, it's all a gift from God. So it's nothing you can have pride in. So you just come in humility with that, all right? Uh, here's a third one that you come with uh, when you approach them with compassion. You, you do come with boldness, write down boldness. You come with boldness. Gang, listen, we, you gotta be bold with the truth. You gotta be bold with the truth. That's what they'll hear. That's, what, that's what's gonna really last. And, and here's the thing, don't, don't be aggressive with it. Don't be, there's a difference between aggressive and assertive. Be assertive with the truth. And here's why we can be assertive with the truth, everybody, because listen to me, when you come with the truth of God, it is not your truth. It is the truth. You hear me, everybody? Amen to that? It is the truth. And so you be bold with them with the truth. That's what they'll hear. I'm telling you, they'll, God will take over whenever you come with the truth. Here's the fourth one that we come with when we wanna come with compassion. Uh, come with ears, right? Ears, come with ears. Spend time listening, just be, be available to listen and just maybe they have a, you know, just hear where they're coming from. Hear where they're coming from. Active listening and, and that listening well is one of the most important things that you should have in any interaction, any interaction. Like here's what God has to say about in Proverbs. This is great. This is what a lot of people miss when they confront people or they're just, you know, the fist bump thing, right? It's like, here's it. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air out their own opinions. That's not what we do. So we have ears to hear uh, and listen to them and know where they're coming from. And here's the last one, that we, that we also come with commitment. Write down commitment. So we don't like 
we don't just like kind of drop that bomb and walk away. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was like, hey, this is what's wrong in your life. Yee, 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 yee. Like, you don't do that, like, you know, Looney Tunes, right? You don't, you don't unload and then take off. Chances are, uh, this is maybe a deep-rooted thing. So maybe something's been going on for a long time. They're gonna need your help. They need to know that you're staying. And so you need to let them know, I'm here, man. I'm gonna hear, be here to encourage you. I'm gonna be here just to be with you. I'm gonna be here to pray with you. Hey, this is where you insert the pray emojis, right? Like, that's where you do it. You say, praying for you, for real. Like, pray, emo- raise the roof, right? Like, it's like, you do that stuff at that point, not when you address them, right? Like, so uh, this is an appropriate thing sometimes for emojis. Uh, but here's where I got most of this from. And this is helpful so you could go to this place and remember, okay, what am I supposed to do? This is Galatians 6. This is what it says in Galatians. Again, I just wanna make sure you know where I'm getting this from. It says this. This is verse one and two. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, all right, now you who live by the Spirit, again, look in the mirror, just make sure you're good, should restore that person how? Gently gently but watch yourselves or you also might be tempted that's empathy humility bringing that stuff in the become with the truth though carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of christ okay so a gospel-filled person uh, that's what this is what we do everybody this is what we do man we carry one another's burdens we approach them and we carry one another's burdens but here's what some people think this is why some people don't do it here's what some christians actually think what's well, not my problem I never went through that, so it's their deal. I picked myself up by my bootstraps, they should too. Why would I carry burdens that I don't own or that, is, that I've never had a problem with? So I don't wanna feel any burden because of what they're doing, but that is not what we're called to do. I just showed you that is not what we're called to do. So I wanna maybe just ask you here really quick. Uh, think about, this might be hard, I don't know. Think about the burdens that you carry in your life. Just take a second and think about, I know we have some right now with our family or just think about the burdens you carry in your life. Think about those really quick. And here's what I wanna ask. How many of your burdens come from carrying the burden of someone else's life? Because that's what he's calling us to do as we confront people in love because that's part of how we fulfill God's plan. You see that? That's how we fulfill God's plan in this world. And so that's how we approach these things uh, with compassion. Here's the last one if you're taking notes. The the last how is that we also have to understand our guardrails. You need to understand your guardrails. and, And here's what I mean by that one. If someone is not a Christian, then, then there's another mode that you go by. If there's someone who is not a Christian, uh, you gotta be wise with that. Gotta be wise with what we just went over because here's what I'm gonna say. If they're not putting themselves under this kind of lordship of Christ, if they're not placing themselves in a position to be looked at in a way, then confronting them in all the ways that we just said, it's not what we should do. Because why would they wanna change? Why would they put themselves under that if they're not actually placing themselves under the lordship of Christ? So we just, I'm just saying, I'm not saying don't confront. There are some things that we wanna confront anybody with, but just be careful in how you do that when it comes to Christian or not a Christian, period. Okay, listen, this this is where I'm getting this from. First Corinthians five says this, for what do I uh, have to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? That's pretty straightforward. So again, just be wise. That doesn't mean that we don't confront in love, but just you gotta know your guardrails that you have uh, with, with what God's told us to do. So just spend time, here's what I do. Here's what I would do, just spend time loving them, telling them, tell them about God, tell them how much Jesus changed your life. Like not so much time spending like on what they're doing wrong. And here's the thing that, that ended up happening to everybody. I, I believe it's happening in my life. You'll earn the right to be heard. 
And they'll ask questions to you like, what? you seem to be getting this, like what's going on with this in your life? And that's where you say, okay, let me tell you uh, where I would come from. This is where I'm coming from with Jesus in my life. And here's what I would also know. Just know for these people in your life that are not Christians, that are not placing themselves under the lordship of Christ where they're submitting and saying, I need to follow Jesus in this. Just know that God desires for them to stop doing what they're doing and to do what he wants them to do way more than you ever will. And so give him time, right? You see, give them time. Earn the right, be ready when that comes up. And I'm just gonna say this, no haters. No haters allowed with that, right? Like don't, don't come at them like that, man. I'm telling you, love them and earn the right to be heard. And here's how I wanna end. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm, I wanna be super honest with this and I, I, I think I'm 99% there. Uh, I don't think I have ever had an encounter with someone who's approached me this way this is the ways that we just covered all of them. If they covered all those bases and they approached me in what I was doing, even if it was a little thing, even if it was, even if it was a big thing, I don't know if I've ever had an encounter with someone who's approached me that way and uh, walked away worse off. You hear what I'm saying? Now, some of them might've taken time for me, right? Like the first encounter I had in high school, it was like, a me- I was like, I know, I know. The second one in college took me a little bit of time. I didn't like the person a little bit and uh, took me time to get over that, right? But then I went back to them. I said, you're right. But I don't think there was ever a time where I was, where I was worse off with that. It's always been for the good of my life. And I wanna be clear here before we go, just real quick. Uh, so here's what I wanna tell you, man. If you're here, I just feel like I wanna tell you this, just in love and in truth, man. If you're here uh, and you're a Christian, I don't think anybody should be in here saying, listen, I'm a Christian and I'm doing something in my lifestyle or my choices or my action or whatever it is that's blatantly against what I know God is about and I'm not doing it and nobody should say a thing to me. That's not a win for you. You hear me? Like that is, a, that is not a win for your life, for your marriage, for your family, for your job, for whatever you wanna fill in the blank. It's not a win for you because listen, if you're living as someone who's saying, yes, I'm rescued by the blood of Jesus Christ, then you should be in a position to say, yes, then I need to be about the things of God. But you know, I let anger get in the way a lot and I don't do much about it. It's just who I am. Or you know, like, I, yeah, I know I, I publicly like chastise my spouse or my kids and I go off on them. I let anger get out of control, but hey man, that's, that's just who I am. Or I, I know I'm promiscuous in my relationships and I'm not doing anything about it, but don't correct me. I'm a Christian, man. Just don't judge me. Just love me. Just, man, that, that's, not, that's not a win for you. And, and honestly, gang, it's not a win for us as a church. Like it's not a win for us because not only are you living your, you're, you're living your life counter to your free choice to be redeemed and rescued by the blood of Jesus Christ as a new creation. Man, practically, you just know it's destructive. You know it. Like you know it's not taking you. You're compromising everything you are as a new creation in Christ when, when you go down that path because uh, what you're communicating to God is like that way of life, that lifestyle, that choice that I'm making, like that's better than God. And don't tell me I'm wrong. Like that's, that's just not a win for you. And, and it's not a win for us because we, we wanna see God working in your life. Amen, everybody? Like we wanna see God working in everybody's life. We wanna see you live this awesome life with Jesus. And so uh, because of that, we wanna speak into you. We don't, we don't wanna just stand by on the sidelines and just kinda let you go. And so we do wanna speak into your life. Uh, and I always say this, I say this because I know who I am. I am totally okay with us not being okay. Really am, I'm okay with us not being okay, but as a redeemed, reborn, new creation in Christ, I am just not okay with anybody staying there. Even me, 
even me. And so I wanna be open to people who need to confront some things in my life, okay? Um, I don't have any other skin in the game other than just saying, I wanna see you thrive with Jesus and live the best life with God and enjoy the Savior and be joyful and have peace with other people and yourself and your creator. And so here, I just wanna just keep moving forward with that and keep working through. This is a tough one, right? It's like, it really is hard to confront people, but I, I just want us to live the way that I know God wants us to live. And for all of us, I wanna encourage you. Here's what I wanna encourage you. Uh, be the church, okay? Be the church, love well, confront people who you love too. Don't, don't do them a disservice by not doing that and who God's calling you to say something because there's a lot on the line and, and we're all in need of it from time to time. Amen, everybody? We're all in need of it from time to time. So let's pray. Let's ask God to help us here. God, we come to you thankful that you don't leave us to live this life in isolation. I pray that you help us to see our call. Uh, help us to live a godly life. Help us to just see that this is a life worth living. And right now, as I pray, I just wanna pray over some people right now who are thinking through this and praying to you and, and ask for your help that maybe there's a brother or sister right now who you know is caught in sin, caught in a transgression. And I just wanna pray over you for a second. And God is placing you as that person in their life to say something. And so I wanna pray for courage. I wanna pray for wisdom. I wanna pray for a mirror for you to see first for yourself and your call and gentleness and the right motive for restoration for them and the power that, that he gives you to do that. I just pray over that and pray. Maybe you could pray, Lord, I love them too much to let this thing keep going. I hear your call in my life. I pray for them. I'm asking you to help me to point them to the truth, to say something. Father, thank you for this call that we have on each other. Thank you for Jesus who rescues us from sin and death and that we just wanna keep moving towards the perfect Jesus, even though we're imperfect people. We need each other to do that. We love you, thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, that was a great. That was a great message because that's one that we we we've all probably dealt with. And I thought it was great where Andy was giving us the kind of the 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 things that we immediately say. I'm not going to do that because we got lots of reasons that we don't want them to feel judged. I'm not perfect. I don't know how to do this. And it literally is just hard. And I thought that was really helpful. That it's 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 a difficult thing. But one of the things that we say around this place all the time is that we exist to help you take your next steps in your journey with God. We, if you call River Ridge your home, is you. We exist to help you, which is everyone else around here, that we try to help each other take our very next step in our journey with God. And sometimes that means confronting things that are holding them back from being able to take that step with God because they're in a place where they're not able to take that step. So we are both we and you in that phrase, and we as the church will keep moving and helping each other grow. Also, you know, as I was taking my own notes there, I was thinking of one of the, the way Andy was saying that about our, our love that's involved with that. And Jesus always said that others are gonna know your love that you're gonna know that you're my disciples, that you're a follower of me by your love for one another. And so when others see that we're willing to go wherever with each other as a result of this, that we'll go to the hard places so that that is not blocking them from their relationship with God and that it would not affect their relationship with each other, then people are gonna look at that and say there's something different and unique about that. There's something crazy about that and I want to know more about that. And Jesus said they're gonna know you're my followers because that's what I've called you to do, the hard things because it's worth doing because love matters and a relationship with me is, is really significant. And then I thought Andy's Galatians passage was so helpful for, for seeing how this plays out. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. 
carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So there's a command there for us as brothers and sisters that we are called to go into those places and restore them, not just confront, but restore. And it looks like we're going to carry those burdens and keep carrying them along with each other until God takes them away or that God corrects that, God changes their heart, and we're going to be there to walk alongside each other. Man, that was a great message. That one's going to be uh, a great one to see how that one plays out in our church over the next bunch of weeks and months because how we choose to love each other that way will go as far as it is as far as our love for one another will go hey that's going to conclude our services i want to remind you of one thing if you are a student a parent of a student or you are a driver tonight's amazing race you do not want to be late for that 4 30 make sure you're here we're going to have a ton of fun we will see each other next sunday have a great week see you guys